name is Jen Weeks, comedian Jen Weeks. I'm a comedian. Um, I am originally from Alabama, but I've been in Duval for a real long time. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. Praise the Lord. Hey, Jen. Hello, everyone. I am Kira Washington. Y'all got that reverb on. Take that off, please. Yes, Amen. I don't even know what that Thank is. you. <laughs> okay. Again, I'm Kira Washington. I am a realtor. I am from the illustrious city of Jacksonville, Florida. So I've been knowing Kiara, oh, God, since she was what? Yeah, in middle school. Amen. I was her youth pastor. Amen. All right. She all grown now. Think she grown. Anyway. All right, fellas. Let me start. I was the last one to get here. So <laughs> um, I am Raynard Brand. I'm a pastor of the House of God Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, I, funny thing, we call our church Freedom Church, which is crazy. I shared that with Pastor. Um, and I'm excited about being here and sharing my testimony about this godly singleness. <laughs> godly singleness. Praise God. How about right. <laughs> I am uh, Pastor Leo Stoney, uh, pastor in Melbourne, Florida, the Max South Church. And uh, I'm excited as well uh, about being here. Uh, not from Melbourne, but that's where I pass. I heard people like, man, oh, man, they was really getting excited, huh? No, no, I'm joking. Yeah, we but, got uh, some Melbourne people in here. <laughs> that's what's up. All that's right. what's up. Send your family to the Max South Church. <laughs> trying to catch Pastor Leo so I wouldn't go last. Um, <laughs> I am Gary Swindell Jr. I'm from Savannah, Georgia. I'm the worship pastor and um, the young adult pastor at Branded Hearts. I am a ministry consultant, so churches bring me in to help build their youth ministry or their worship team, and I'm a recording artist and a new author. All right. Okay. All right. So... I want to kind of preface this. So I intentionally did not meet with y'all before because I want this to be as organic as possible. I don't want to, like, um, uh, uh, get you going in a certain direction for me. I want you to be as authentic as possible. You're at Freedom. We talk very free here, all right? Um, so we, we have honest conversation. <laughs> They're like, I talk free. Um, we have honest conversation. And, um, and so we want you to be as honest and open as possible. So my first question is, my first question is, um, and this might sound negative, but it's actually not, and I'm going to give you background on it. Why are you single? Okay, why are you single? Not to suggest that there's anything wrong with being single, but do you believe that God has you in a single season, um, and why? Now let me preface this. Is it by creator's choice? by consequence or by your own choice? <laughs> he didn't give us his essay question. I'm like, wait, I, I can't even remember the question. Okay. So why are, you, why are you single? Do you think it's because God wants you to be single? Is it a consequence of maybe something happened? Or is it because you are choosing to be single in this season? I'll go first. Um, I am single by choice. Um, I actually plan to be single forever um so that's my answer or do you want to know why sure that would be lovely uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> lean in and, 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 and listen for, for, for me to be I'm, I'm 32 so usually when people hear it, it's like oh you're so young you have so much more life to live um however for me um the way my focus is um i'm very focused on ministry very focused on my work 
And um, for me, just how I just focus on different things, I would never want to put somebody in a position where they don't have my focus. Um, so for me, and that's just for me, I understand everybody's different. Uh, and we'll talk about that later. I, it's not that I don't believe in marriage. I believe in marriage, but um, just for me, I, I choose to be single. We're going to put a pin right there. I'm coming back to that. All right, Paul. <laughs> Somebody got to do it now. Somebody, Somebody got to do it. Right? Woo. All right. Glory to the Lamb for him, right? <laughs> well, I'm going to say all three for me. Um, I, I haven't been uh, most faithful, the best at uh, being in relationships. Uh, I was once engaged. years ago or so, and um, that didn't work out, and so presently, I am in a, in a God creator, like you said, singleness, um, really focused on our church, really wanted to build that, um, I'm also a father, so I'm, I'm focused on that, I also had to go into the whole litany of what I do, but I also I work in the city of Orlando, uh, so I manage a building, I manage a church, and I manage a son, so my focus is kind of I do fall in all three categories. I ain't gonna say yeah. Good job. Um, I think that this is a season that God has put me in. Not trying to be all super spiritual and all that, because that's not me. But I think that God is um working on me inwardly. Um, I would say that I've had two relationships, not one, but two relationships where we ended. And they ended up being engaged, like, maybe a year or less later, like, after me. And so I always ask, like, well, God isn't me. You know, I have all these credentials, got degrees and all of this stuff, but I've been in five weddings as a bridesmaid. Why is it not, like, why can't I get seen, get, get married? So I think, um, I think that. <laughs> it's going to be a rough night. Yeah. I see it already. <laughs> I think God has me in this in this season of singleness and until recently like I wasn't okay with it but now I'm okay with it because it's like I got to deal with you know the daddy issues the insecurities I have to be okay with Kiara first before I become anybody's wife so okay um I definitely think it's probably a combination of all three um I'm I think God has put me in a point where I need to be single and I'm cool with that. And I know I need to be single because I ain't ready. You know, past relationships, breakups went real, real bad. Like, i am be real with y'all. Like, dated somebody and he lived in Columbus. No, he lived in Columbia, South Carolina. Broke up with me in a text message. You ain't going to end our relationship with your thumbs. Ah. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. Use your words. You ain't going to end our relationship with your thumbs. So, <laughs> like, honest truth. I drove four hours to his house. <laughs> What's up? He was like, what you doing here? I was like, you ain't answer the phone. So she was in love. So, she was in love. You know, <laughs> no, man. Cray cray. So, I was like, I'm going to need a minute. I'm going to need a minute. I shouldn't be with nobody. <laughs> but, I'm, you know, I'm at a point now where I'm... <laughs> I mean, as we, as we free to talk, we free to talk. <laughs> you know, so I... I know, you know, it's probably some things I need to work on. Cause you know, I still got a little nook if you buck spirit. So um God is yet working, all right. Um, 
whole hours. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't. How long did you stay? <laughs> I'm gonna come back to all this. Just, don't you worry. I'm coming back first, to all this. I want a new seat. That's the <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, no, I love you. No. Praise the Lord. Deliver, deliver, deliver. I am. Uh, so I'm single. Well, you know, you asked a lot. I, I'm single because I believe it is the will of the Lord that I am single. It is not by my choice at this point in my life. In fact, for the last uh, nine years, I've been pastoring the church, and my girlfriend has been my church. My wife has been my church. My children have been my church. Until lately, I've not looked. And so in this season, I'm kind of transitioning out of that. And so um, where I'm trying to be more intentional at shooting my shot. And so, but I, I thought we could talk. I thought yes. we could talk. Yes. We're talking good. Yes. I'm trying to be a little more attentive by shooting my shot, but let me be clear. I believe that singleness is an assignment. And so I don't want to abort what God is doing in my life because um, I'm shooting the wrong shot. So I would say that right now it's more God's choice than it is mine. And I'm going to surrender to his choice until uh, I hear a yes. Okay. So I want to, I want to, y'all, you open a door for me that I kind of want to go into, and I'm going to be very transparent even with myself. One of the major reasons, you know, when I first started pastoring for the first about five years, I keep hearing the same question, we ain't going to get married, we ain't going to get married, we ain't going to get married. And so then after about six, seven years, I think they gave up the ghost and stopped asking me. And so um, for me, and this, this, this is actually for the men, and I'm going to put it in a pastor context, but I think for every single man, every single man in here can relate to this as well. One of the reasons why I am so cautious in this season is because do you love me for me or do you love me for what I do? Because when I get up and command an audience, that's sexy. Because the anointing attracts, right? So it looks powerful. It looks as if, if I can get up and command an audience and I can get emotionally charged, then I must be all that in a bag of chips, right? But you don't marry the pastor, you marry Philip. And Philip is something else compared to the pastor. Do you think as men, one of the reluctancies for us to actually engage and go down um, the, 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 the pathway to relationships and even to marriage, do you think one of the reluctancies is because we are so not sure if they like us for us or if they like us for what we do? And when I say what we do, that could also mean money. That could mean, you know, the way I treat you right now or my status or whatever the case may be. Do you think that is a, a also, that's my uh, um Hesitation. Do you think that's one of your hesitations as well? And that's for the men. Let me jump first because I'm at the end. They're going to try to put me last. I think, <laughs> I think that all of us, no matter what field we're in, um, whether pastor, entrepreneur, CEO, we all have that um, identity crisis. Do they like me for me or do they like me for the mask that I have to put on 9 to 5 or, or Sunday mornings for a couple of hours? And I think that has guided me into some bad relationships. There was this, I, as a young man, I was in love with this girl. Um, I won't tell you all about her because you might know her. <laughs> but I was in love with this girl, and I wanted 
and she could sing. She had long hair. She was this certain complexion. I'm just, I'm trying not to be get kicked kicked out. Um, <laughs> all this stuff, and I chased her because I was a pastor and I wanted a first lady. Mm. But the problem with me getting a first lady was the first lady is for the church, but a wife is for the home. Yeah. And we worked at church for I could drive three hours from um, home to a preaching assignment, and if she was riding with me, we could not say anything. But she still looked like a good first lady. And so I made that mistake once. I said I'd never make it again. Mm -hmm. So I think my hesitation has been because I couldn't separate the two. And until I was able to do that, I think I I had that that apprehension. <laughs> <laughs> He gonna be single all this night, so he may not. Might as well go ahead. So let me shoot my shot, right? Man, that was a loaded question, but um, I, I think for me, because when I wasn't, I mean, I've been I've been preaching all my life. When I say all my life, since I was eight years old, but I've been I haven't been pastoring all of my life. And the moment I started pastoring, the 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 young ladies that I were attracted. This could be the first lady. This could be the the, the wife as well. Um, scattered. I think my assignment to God scared them off. So I'm battling with that because I'm like I'm not used to this. Sorry, but I'm not. And so I'm now looking for. Okay, well let me just find just the wife. I, listen, you ain't gotta come to church. Don't even worry about coming. You, you ain't gotta say, I don't. You ain't gotta wear no hat. You ain't gotta put on no. We ain't going. There. We ain't going to Macy's or anything. You gotta put on no suit. You know, this is how I dress for church right here. You know, we gonna go to the movies after this, and you know, I'll come home and pick you up. Don't even worry. You know, and and so now I'm I'm more so. Uh, <laughs> I hate to use this word, but but strongly use it. I'm afraid that that I may never get this opportunity again yeah. because of now I'm so I'm I'm indebted to this assignment. I'm enslaved to this. There's, there's nothing that's going to move me outside of what God has called me to do. I don't care how fine you are, right? And you are going to be fine, but you got to be right. got to be. I got to be able to come home. So, you know, that's just a reality that I think um, for me, you know, once I stepped into it, everybody did like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will say, I will say this. <laughs> <laughs> I will, well, I'm proud of it, but um, back when, when uh, I was seeking to be married, um, I did find people that, that were, you know, just enamored by what I did, but I got to a place where you can't blame them because society teaches women to, you know, do that. Um, they grow up looking for the Prince Charming, and it's not taught to look for the Prince Charming in his character, it's look, look for the Prince Charming in his palace. So, you know, that's what they're taught. So I tried to learn at a young age to be patient and immediately show the difference. Um, so I, I, I used to be, and it used to get me in trouble, but I used to be very vocal about, like, who I am. The moment you see me off the stage, like, this is me. Um, I'm an I'm a introvert to the utmost. So don't get that twisted when God is talking through me because it's a totally different person. And that worked for me, actually. That worked for me, just being vocal from the get-go. I want to kind of turn this because, um, and I'm going to start with the ladies first, but this is a question for everybody. When you first meet somebody, you you meet their representative, right? You never meet the real them. The real them don't show up for a very long time. 
You know, some people who's been in our lives need Oscars because the, the act that they keep up for that amount of time is amazing. My question to you, because I'm going to flip this, what did you think you needed to present to be attractive? Okay. And what, <laughs> what did you think you needed to put, you know, in hindsight, looking back, what did you think you needed to put forward to be attractive? I will say in my younger days, in my 20s, um, I wasn't even looking for a dude who saved or nothing like that. So in my younger days, I think I was just, I, was, I would be a chameleon. What you like, that's what I like. Wow. It was almost coming to America, whatever you like. You know what I mean? Right, right. Seriously. Right. You into football, now all of a sudden I'm into football. You My know what I mean? God. Don't even know the terms. Did he just make a three-point shot? Ma'am, that's basketball. Like, I did. It was whatever he wanted. I would right. conform to, to that. Why do you, and I'm saying you, and I'm generalizing, and I'm please don't write me no email or anything. <laughs> why do women do that? Why do they become, why do they lose their personality? Right. And, and who they are and the essence of who they are when they meet someone and they try to conform to fit for that person? I think for me, uh, my dad died when I was eight and I just, I kind of watched my mama go through different relationships and I just wanted to have somebody. Mm. I just wanted to feel safe. I wanted to be around a dude who was constant, who I felt I was secure around. I, you know what I mean? I, yeah. wanted, I wanted to feel that security. So, okay, if I got to conform and, you know, put a mask on and act like I like this stuff, it's fine because I'll be getting what I need. You know what I mean? Again, daddy issues. You know what I mean? So I would, I think I would do that because I wanted to feel safe. I wanted to feel secure. I wanted to. So if this is a trade-off, okay, I got to be somebody else for a little while. It's fine. You know what I mean? Wow. At that time, in my 20s, that's right. how I thought. Kiara, who was, who, who was your, what did you think you needed to present in order to be attractive? So I thought I needed to present um, like my accolades. You know, I got this degree. I'm in school to get my master's. I'm, I, I dress nice. I look nice. I, I, I never had to conform because, I mean, I'm here all day. God but <laughs> But it was always this is what I worked hard for. So you're going to either respect it or you're going to – it is what it is. So I just always – praise my accolades rather than dealt with who who Kiera really is. Did the men you run into find that intimidating? Yes. Yes. Did you lessen it in order for them to feel secure? No. I didn't. Okay. Because I wanted you to be as focused and determined and, and ambitious as I was. And if you weren't, if you was not like that, then it was like, oh, well, you must not be for me then. I brought up that question because there are people who do do that, though. You dummy down who you are in order for someone to be in your life. And then you end up with someone at a lesser degree than who you are, and then you end up disappointed. And then nitpicky because then you try to make them to be something that they would never want to be in the first place. Let me go on. Um, what did y'all think you had to your representative, what did you think you had to present? You know what, Pastor, I was trying to, I, when I was young, I mean, I was trying to get a first lady, so I was so churchy. And I, I am still, 
let me be clear, I'm very naturally church. Yes, God. I am very churchy. I love everything, holiness, sanctification, all of that. That's who I am. But, you know, um, I always say that as singles, we get the relationship that we deserve. And I say that because we begin to sow things. And whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. And yeah. so I sow this facade of this churchy man. And I drew a woman who could play along, play church with me. And so I, I became a master of playing church. And I didn't realize that while I was playing, I was attracting other people that was doing the same thing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like, I don't want to come behind him. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> I'm soaking all of it up. Um, we're talking, so we'll be honest. Um, I, <laughs> I promoted the different guy. I was going to be the guy that was opposite of every guy that you dated so I can get you to like me. So if he treats you bad, that's my first name. Oh, I never do that. Oh, what? <laughs> How could he say that? I mean, it was, it was the game, you yeah. know, so I, I promoted myself as the different guy, uh, even though at that time I was the same guy. Um, so, yeah, had to learn from that. Wow. I'm, I'm a mixture of both uh, Kiara and, and Pastor Raynard. Uh, in my younger days, you know, I was <laughs> going to be a pastor walk around here speaking in tongues just to say hello because that's just how I was taught, right? And then I got older and went off to college and it became about the accolades and I wanted to show off that I got degrees and then I got a real job, I got full benefits and 401k and, you know, you know that's what I thought, you know, was, was the look and then I had a kid and then nobody really wanted me after that and then, you know... <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I it was a mixture of the two for me. It really it really really was, and um, and so now I'm at that I don't know, and what I choose to do is just protect myself altogether because I just don't know at this point. I don't know if you want me for my accolades. I don't know if I need to present you uh, with accolades because I'm again may intimidate you. You may be intimidated. I may be intimidated by. You. I just don't know, and I'm okay with that. Right? Yeah. Um, something something one of you said, and I want to. Um this is strictly for the pastors because um, when you say you're married to the church, um, I used to say that. I used to say that. And um, pastor came along to me one day and said, because I said, uh, you know, I'm married to the church. He said, um, well, you're going to end up very disappointed. I said, why would you end up, why would I end up disappointed? He said, because the church is the biggest whore you will ever meet. She's very unfaithful. Okay. She'll love you one minute and hate you the next. Amen. And when you don't perform the way you're supposed to perform, I'll change locations. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Now this is I want to go because I pastor, as you can see, a very millennial church. And um, one thing that I think the world drives is this whole mindset of a soulmate that on a planet of seven billion people, there is one person for you. Do you believe in the thought of, and I wanna say this correctly, do you believe there's only one Adam and one Eve for you? 
do you believe there's only one person that, had, that God has created you for? Or is it being at the, at the right season and space that God brings the right person for you? Which one do you believe? Anybody could go. I don't. So, you know, uh, there's so much to talk about, but let's be just concise. I believe that you have to be spiritual about who you date. I do not believe that it happens by happenstance. I don't believe that it's a shot in the dark. I believe, and I could be wrong, I stand for correction. I do believe that you have to be spiritual about it. Um, I believe that, but I don't believe that, you know, I'm going to marry the wrong person and all of a sudden I've messed up my life for generations to come. I don't believe that. I just do believe that you do have to be spiritual. Spiritual. So I don't want to say no yet, but I don't want to. I definitely don't want to say yes. I believe that it's only <laughs> but I'm not sure that I'm saying no. <laughs> I don't like know. Say, I, it's I don't okay know. to say I don't know. Cause, I guess I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. That's where you are. Because I've had know. two seasons. You know, I've, I've, I had two young ladies that I just thought in one season of my life, this was, oh, you are it. And then the other one came by and I said, no, you are definitely it. And I'm still by myself. So, <laughs> did God tell you? Because, you know, that's, that's a game. Let's, that's let's, a game let's, let's deal church. with it, right? Yeah. Because I don't think I was that spiritual. I saw what I liked. Right. You know, it was the long hips, the nice hips. It was, you know, all Preacher, of that. Right, right? Reverend. Right. You, you know, you know. <laughs> and so, I, for one, I, matter of fact, both I, I met in church. One I saw singing in the choir. The second one was just sitting, you know, in church. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know, and so for me, it wasn't spiritual. That's just what I like. It's just what I like. Did you make it spiritual? Well, the preacher in me wanted to make it spiritual, yeah. right? So so I did, you know, at times, and I think that probably would kind of scare them off at some point. Um, but then I had to realize this, this ain't spiritual if we just not meshing. We're not meshing because, like you said, you can drive in the car. I'm on the way to a preaching assignment, and you don't even talk. You don't even pray before I get up. Or you don't want to pray for me, or you know. So there, there were there were different contexts, there were different situations, scenarios that that could have made it spiritual, but I didn't want to go that deep. Because you know, sometimes we project our own ideologies on God. Yes. And I like to say the Lord told me, but when it's really not the Lord told me, it's right. really your grandma and them said it so many times, you remembered it, and so then you say the Lord told you, and so. <laughs> That's why, you know, we got to be careful because I was, I called myself spiritual about the one. I thought I was so spiritual about it, you know, because we were in our national convention and I looked up and she was on the screen. And that was the Holy Ghost telling that you. That was the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Glory be to the Lamb of God. <laughs> Praise his name. <laughs> but no, uh, so, but I had, I had created this idea and I, Brothers, we create this idea, and women, you create these ideas, and then you romanticize them, and yes. then you spiritualize them, and all of a sudden, you want God to approve them. And I don't know that God is in the in between any of it. Yes. Can I check? Because if it was really that spiritual, and I'm going to be very transparent, both of them now are not, they, they're with non-spiritual guys. 
But it's also because I showed them a non-spiritual side of me too. Right. Right. That's a whole nother. That's a that's whole right. nother. Sit on down, Bryant. Sit on down. We're not about to do this in here. That's my friend, y'all. That's really. Because my, my next question is going to be. I want y'all to hear this. My next question is going to be. She is. They know what? A Muslim. Oh no! God bless our brothers. That's what I'm like. My next question is: What is easier to date, someone in the church or not in the church? Be before we go there, can I answer the yes, last Yes, answer one? that first question. Because um, I'm about to go there. Going back to Pastor, what you said, there's 7 billion people on earth, yeah. uh, and we already know statistically that women outnumber men 2 to 1. Yeah. So if you just go based on that, then you're basically telling half the women on earth that right. there is nobody for them. Right. Um, so I, I really don't feel like God's putting them in that position. Second thing is, um, remember there was a time when um, the people were asking Paul, they were like, okay, so if my husband dies, another husband who's going to be my husband in glory i mean of course that's that's a different um doctrine but the fact that they ask that question means that they consider two people to be the one right you know so um that just based on statistics and biblical um stories there i don't i, I say i don't believe there is a one it's the person that you choose um based on who god has set up even adam still had a choice yeah even Adam still had a choice. Uh, I believe the one is Jesus. And you find the person who's filled with Christ. So when Adam sees Eve, I'm going to say this super quick. When Adam sees Eve, he says something very specific. He says, um, you're the one because uh, you're bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Mm -hmm. Basically, he's saying you look like what came out of me. Whoa. So for us, my first thought is to find somebody filled with Christ because if they don't look like what's in me, then I know they're not a choice for me. So that's why I say, and we just have to be real careful because if you start talking Child, about the one. Y'all clapping and dating people that ain't in the church. <laughs> right, right. And got to pray you up off the altar. I wish you would. Right. And see, I, I wish y'all would that. right now. And that's why we have to be careful because I think that's why a lot of people cheat. Yeah. I honestly think that's why a lot of people cheat because you'll see somebody and say, this is the one, but you'll meet somebody else who's just as dope. And if you don't have that heart to say, no, I chose this person. Right. You know, and that's what will keep us committed when we finally say, I chose this person. I ain't blaming this on God. Yeah. I chose this person. Until death do we part, this is my choice. If not, you'll see somebody else and you'll end up going there because you'll say, well, did God make a mistake? Right. Right. Yeah. Soulmate in church, out of church. <laughs> do you believe that there's one person on this planet that is for you, um, that is your soulmate, or do you believe that it's um, right place, right time, right season, kind of hook up, and is it easier to date someone in the church or outside of the church? Um, I don't, I used to believe in the soulmate thing. I don't believe that as much anymore. Um, I'm kind of stuck in that, I don't know. Um, I don't believe it as much anymore, but I don't know right time and place. I don't know, because me personally, I'm like, I'm closed off. I ain't even trying to date. So I don't, I don't know. I can't tell you. Um, oh. I'm be, everybody I dated was outside church, so I don't know. <laughs> I'll be real. I'll be real. Also, yeah, moving on. <laughs> so with the whole soulmate thing, I agree with uh, Brother Gary, right? Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that well, as a woman, I feel like I'm chosen. Um, and, like, the man chooses me, and then, you know, we go from there. But 
as far as the inside and outside of the church see that's kind of a little tricky because I would rather you be spiritual um, you can be in the church all day which I've dated somebody that was in the church all day but outside of the church you wasn't all that and I've dated somebody that was outside of the church that prayed for me more than the person that was inside of the church mm. so the church really don't matter to me it's about your spirit honestly and if your spirit ain't right then you yeah you can go on that's true. I'm sorry. Can I piggyback on that? Go That's ahead. true because there's a lot of people in the church. And I just, I think about it. I did deal with somebody that was, I met them in the church. And I thought, well, this is of God. It was not. Because <laughs> that baby came to a midweek service drunk oh. as a skunk. <laughs> like falling over. So I'm like, you got to be careful with that because there's a lot of stuff in the church. The chairs, the pews, the music. You know what I'm saying? The, the monitors, they in the church. So it's a lot of stuff in the church. I think. I think what I was driving at was necessarily that they, that not necessarily that they were in the church, but saved, like had they committed their life to Jesus Christ, right? So I think that what we tend to do is we tend to put this expectation that because you sit on the third row on the left, that everything that happens in there, that must be who you are, right? So just cause you, uh, uh, sit in, just because you go walk in the garage don't make you a car, right? So I think that we have an unrealistic expectation that uh, everybody in the church is as saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost as we present on Sunday. Because again, you don't take that person home with you. First of all, I don't need you to be speaking in tongues for, uh, for the rest of the week. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, I just don't. Um, there are times, especially if you're going to marry me, times the tongues got to stop and we got to be ministering to each other in other ways mm -hmm. praise God so um, so let me ask this I'm going to go into this this door let's talk about sex um, did somebody say yeah um, <laughs> alright I want to ask this are there any virgins on this stage anybody that's a virgin Okay, so born again. Hold on, I've been watching. Oh, born the again version. Okay, the the we bless God for that testimony. <laughs> Praise God, Hallelujah. Born again virgin. Amen. Praise God. Is this live? How? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Not tonight. Go ahead. Okay. Um. So, steel shots only. Right. Right. So, so we have all uh, experienced intimacy on that level. Okay. Um, and nobody, us, has been married. Okay, so that's fornication. So anyway, um, so being that we have fornicated, I'm putting myself in this. Being that we have fornicated, how do you, oh, you didn't know? Okay, was that too much for you? They find it shocking. Okay, um, how do you handle when that door is open um, the residue of that thing coming back up again? In other words, how do you manage when you get hot? Yeah. 
So I'm, I've been very transparent with this church. I have talked about this publicly, so I don't have no issue with it. For many years, um, and it's still a struggle, not as bad as it used to be, but it's, it's still a struggle from time to time, I have had a major problem with pornography, okay? And here's what I told myself. You ready for this? This is the thinking, because you know the enemy will trick you into, into rationalizing your sin. Well, at least I'm not messing with anybody. And it keeps you bound and broken even more. So let me, let me, let me find out from you, how do you manage? Because I'm going to be real. There are some nights that pastor got to cry himself to sleep. Where that spirit of insomnia will come because you just can't even go to sleep. Okay? I want to ask you. Now, I'm being transparent. I want y'all to be transparent. How do you all handle those moments? All right. You know, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go first. Yeah, we'll know now. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I'm a, you know, I grew up in the holiness church. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, yeah, yeah. If you can't tell by now, I grew up holiness. <laughs> but, um, and I'm still there. And we were always taught, you know, only thing I was taught about sex was it's better to marry than to burn. Yeah. That's all I knew about. Yeah. That's the only thing I knew. Yeah. It's better to marry than to burn. So I always thought that um, either you were going to burn or you were going to get married. <laughs> That's all. That, that was my understanding of how sex worked. And they told me if you hold hands, you're going to get pregnant. Praise the Lord. Jesus. Yeah. That's what they, they said. If you hold hands, that you're going you're gonna to get a pregnant. Praise the Lord. And so I had this warped, unhealthy idea of how sex worked. And so that when I opened the door of sex, it was like open Hoover Dam. <laughs> because all of a sudden, there was a few steps they forgot to teach me. <laughs> so how do I manage it? I found out that there's a place in between marrying and burning called self-discipline. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that doesn't happen overnight. I don't believe, and I, you, I believe, you know, um, I can say so much about this, but I believe that if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, but I also believe that you have to have some good common sense and some good sound judgment. I don't walk around, in the midnight hour, I can't listen to, I get so weak in the knees, I can't, I can't, I gotta, I have to listen nearer my God to thee. <laughs> So that's just common sense. So that's one way I manage it. Yeah, yeah. Because weak in the knees is a trigger. Listen. For me, it is. Yes, praise God. Don't play no Trey songs after 1030. Okay, I understand. Um, it, it is definitely uh, self-discipline. It's a struggle. And some days are good than others. Some weeks are good than others. I've yeah. been struggling this week. Like, by 1030, just pop up in my mind like, hey, girl, uh-uh. No. But, um, and, and then I did rationalize, well, you know, if, if it's just me, it ain't, it ain't, I ain't, ain't nobody else touched me but me. Let's be real. Or yeah. let's rationalize it some more. Well, I don't go on X videos no more. Y'all know what that is. Don't Come play. on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Talk so about it, it. They know what it is. So it's, it's uh, <laughs> look, somebody Googling right now. Don't do it again. <laughs> the blood. <laughs> don't you do it in the house of the Lord. Um. So it's self-discipline. Like, is this worth it? Because after you get that immediate gratification, immediately, you're feeling like, God, there's yeah. something else I got to ask for forgiveness for. Yeah. Like, I was doing so much better, and now I feel like I'm back down to ground zero, having to build myself back up on the same issue. Like, God, am I still struggling with this again? So, it, yeah, it's self-discipline. It's, let's, 
you know what? Let's listen to the Mighty Clouds of Joy tonight. Lord, you know, like, for real. Like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to just read the Bible. I'm going to yeah. listen to the audio of the Bible to go to sleep. Yeah. Because that'll keep me from wanting to look or listen to something else. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of self-discipline and a whole lot of prayer. Okay. So I guess I'll talk about it. Um, as y'all can, well, I don't know if y'all can tell, but I'm the youngest on the panel. I'm only 28. And um, girl, <laughs> like, I mean, how did you? Was that not judgment? Like, that. what made you think, girl? If y'all wasn't late, we had already had oh. this conversation before. <laughs> like, y'all knew our age. <laughs> so anyway, um, so being transparent, I was introduced to sex at a very young age. Um, when I was like 13, 14, I had an older boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I, I feel like the self-discipline, I agree with that, it comes in stages because you, you have this, you know, older boyfriend that you try to please and, you know, you just have sex just to keep him. And then you go off to college and you're like, okay, well, I don't trust no man and this and this and that. So you, you experience sex in that way. And then you, you kind of get by yourself because you're tired of the instant gratification. So when it's those oh, terrible times, because I'm still struggling, um, I can't drink wine at night when it's, you know, when I'm all heated and stuff and, and watch certain stuff and listen to certain music. It's just, Kiara, just go to sleep because I have to think about, okay, well, what will happen after you get that satisfaction? Um, what will happen, like, God forbid something, you know, you get a disease or something. Like, I have to go to the extreme to be like, nah, Kiara, it ain't even worth it. So I just, it's, it's just really, you have to train yourself to be self-disciplined and you have to, well, with me, I just have to go to the extreme and be like, girl, he just only wants you for one thing. And then, you know, get better with that. So. I like how you broke down the stages because I think that's very important that it, 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 it shapes um, for many of us in here. That story is very similar is that you did stuff in your teenage years that you were introduced to some and most times unhealthily. And then you get to college or you go off and now you introduce to a whole nother level and then by the time you get, you know, on the backside of the desert and you get your life to Jesus Christ and you get serious about it, now it's like you got this mental sexual history that is in you that you are struggling with and, and it is so, it's so deep. One of the greatest things, I'm going to let y'all answer, uh, one of the greatest things that I have seen as a problem even with married couples is the deletion of a memory of a past person while they're married to the person they're with now. Because I don't think we realize how deep that is, that they can, they have married Willie, they are with Willie, but while they're having sex with Willie, they think about Teddy. It's real, y'all. Counsel people all the time. And so I think that we have to be careful of our body count because, y'all, okay. Y'all acting like I just started pastoring y'all yesterday. You got to be careful your body count because your body count is a mark on your soul that is going even deeper and deeper. And now it's hard to press the delete button of all the past and you bring it into the present. 
Because God could bring somebody into your life, but because of how Teddy made you feel, because y'all used to do that thing. Willie ain't with that. And now it creates tension within the relationship because you are still tied to a person back then. I'll talk about this on Sunday. Can, can I piggyback yes. off of that? Um, and with that being said, like, you really have to, because when you're you're by yourself and you have these thoughts or, you know, while you land in the bed, you have the devil come in, in, your, in your thoughts, like, why you about to go to sleep type stuff. And you think about, okay, well, why, why do I want this so bad? Like, why am I so horny like right now and you start thinking about those those times when you was with Willie and John and whoever it's because you that soul tie hasn't been broken so you really have to go deeper than that and pray to God and like God please deal with this part of me because I can't deal with this part and, and get married and I'm still bringing on every Willie, Tom, John and whoever in his marriage so I think with me I have um, matured spiritually to the point where you know if I get to that weak moment I go to a deeper place okay Kira well, why are you why are you thinking about this well, why why do you want to do it like this well what is wrong with me you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. so it's just you just got to think about deeper spots and, and deal with those soul ties so you can break God can break those soul ties from you that's good I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you all because let me say this and then I'll get on the topic of sex. The fact that, uh, Pastor, you have opened this forum up like this can really break the, the, the silence in church of this, this taboo topic that most of our churches are not dealing with. And for us to be the future of the church, we also got to deal with what's hindering the future. Yeah. And I think what yeah. we're hearing in here tonight uh, is going to literally snap, crackle, pop, like break uh, the back of the enemy and cause real, real true deliverance. Because here's the thing, ain't nobody judging nobody in here because we, we all got something on us, right? Yeah. Right? There, we at something. And with that being said, uh, I, I just want to thank you for, for, for this open forum. And I think, uh, Freedom, you ought to thank your pastor for having this. Let me just, I want to really say that. Um, as it relates to, uh, I agree with everything that, said um you know for me when i think about this whole idea of sex it was introduced to me at at a, at a young age uh my first sexual encounter was at the sunday school convention in daytona right uh with the with the president uh, it was the 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 daughter Don't of tell the sunday is, school man. president right <laughs> and so it was it was just but but here's the thing because when you start talking about well well where did you find him at you know who was the person how, how did this happen and and y'all was all singing in the you choir together and had the yep, same yep. issues, had the same feelings, had the same emotions, but nobody wanted to deal with the same topics. Right, right. And so now when I, when I deal with this, this idea of, of sex, for me, uh, I go back, and, and I go back, and I go back, and, and I have to realize uh, you had a problem. You had a real problem, um, and, and now you've got to deal with you going forward because now you've got a legacy attached to you. I have a son. And my son was birthed because of my problem. Mm. Uh oh, quiet now, right? Uh -huh. right? And so now I've got to ensure not that I, I cover him because he because I don't want him to experience and live his life, but I've got to be transparent and truthful enough that this is an issue. 
Yeah. This has been an issue. This was an issue. And it might just remain an issue so that you can always remember who God really is in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I go to a deeper place. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not even, you know, AIDS is running rampant, but now they got pills. You can't find that. You know, what they say, all the different stuff. You got commercials. But at the end of the day, I go to a deeper place because I realize if I don't, I'll lose it. I know the call, I know the phone numbers I can I can call I, I know yeah. I know who's and then and then when you deal with it at that time frame most of my encounters were at that time that's 10 30 11 30 I was that was a booty call yeah there wasn't in no relationship come on you already know what time it is come on over here now yeah <laughs> this is your real. church so I'm gonna stop talking. but that's oh. real I don't want y'all looking at me. I'm going to where his church is and tell them, y'all passed an ass there. <laughs> Gary, um, I, was, I agree with everybody. Discipline, um, accountability. I'm huge on accountability. Um, I, I have my pastor. Uh, he knows everything about me. My parents. Um, I have older brothers, brothers my age, and younger brothers that I'm an example to. I keep all the... I, I, I try to stay accountable. I'm, I'm here right now, and somebody knows I'm here, you know, um, because the truth is I'm here on assignment here, but I'm still a 32-year-old man in Jacksonville, Florida, you know. Right. So after this, somebody, well, I've already felt my phone shaking. You know, they're going to call. You're good. You're good. So I believe in accountability um, on every level. The last thing is I learned my triggers. Mm-hmm. I learned my triggers, um, and it's different for everybody, but if – if I get, because by, by 10 o'clock, yeah, you feel hot, but you've been warming up all day, if, if you be honest. And so, um, my God, you know, so I, I know for me, if, if somebody frustrates me in the beginning of the day, that's a seed that's going to grow. So yeah. um, I, I try not to wait until late, you know, when I can't deal with, because for me, I'm 30, I can't deal with it at 10. So I, tr- I try to stay honest with myself earlier in the day and say, oh, okay, that, that's a trigger, you know, and I'll go ahead and call somebody and say, hey, I need you to call me at certain, certain times. Um, does that always work? No. But <laughs> for the most part, that works for me. So discipline, accountability, triggers. And the last thing, the Bible says that when we fornicate, we sin against ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not just God. We sin against ourselves. So um, when I started diving deeper into loving myself, I didn't want to sin against me. And so that w- that's really what began to turn me. Because I think we have to be just like you said with triggers, we have to be so careful with the triggers in our life. When the feelings of loneliness yeah. come, when the feelings of even anger, yeah. when the feelings, those feelings come, that's when it leads us into a direction of wanting to get a relief some way, somehow. And so you have to be careful because sometimes it ain't it ain't just because you're horny. There's, like he said, there's something that triggered you that you have to pay attention to and you have to know your triggers. You have to know when they show up what they look like, you know, because if you're not that self-aware of yourself, the enemy will have his way with you. You will fall and fall and fall and deliverance will not be a process that you work out. It will end up turning into because the enemy is so, so cunning. What ends up happening is God delivers you, but then you got to walk out that deliverance. And people think deliverance means, you know, you come to the altar, somebody lay hands on you, fall out, get up, and it's done. No, you got to then walk that thing out. And deliverance can look like victory, victory, failure, victory, victory, failure, victory, 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 failure. And, and you have to walk that thing out. But if you are not clear on your triggers, then all of a sudden, all this stuff will just keep creeping back, 
creeping back, creeping back. And you'll be back on the altar somebody, I don't know why I did this. No, I know why. You got to get to that place where you know exactly why. Somebody was about to say something. I just want to jump in real quick. And you know what was strange for me because I was so churchy and all of that. Every woman that I slept with, I met in the church and we, she was my church girlfriend and we was playing house and the Lord had put us together. So I had perverted something that could have been beautiful. Yeah. And I was doing this, I was doing this dance with the devil where I was preaching real good, but then I was going and I was doing my thing. And so as I began to create holy relationships, it's important for me to have an honest conversation that I don't care how much we speak in tongues. It doesn't matter how much we pray. I love women. Yeah, it's not. I love them, and and it don't. And it's not. A, I had. I have to tell some women. It's not even about you, girl. It's about me. You can pray all you want. The more you pray, the more I'm gonna want you. So <laughs> I'm serious. So yeah. like, you have to have an honest conversation with the people around you, especially if you're gonna be dating. You need to have that conversation and be willing to, you know, as that relationship evolves, set those boundaries and let that conversation begin to evolve and say, hey, let's try something different. Let's not, you know, whatever. Yeah. Can I jump in? Um, also, with having honest conversations with whoever you're dealing with at that moment, um, another thing that kind of helped me was having a conversation with my parents because if I don't break this generational curse, then my, the next generation that come out of me is going to deal with the same thing. So just a little background, my mother and father, they were never together. They ended up having me, obviously. So that's a generational curse that I have to break, um, which they're both remarried now. But you just have to talk to them and say, well, why, you know, what, how y'all got together? Y'all, you got to be open and honest and, and have that conversation to figure out well what did your parent deal with and why you're dealing with it now and how did they overcome that too that's good because a spirit of rejection a spirit that thing can go from generation to generation um, in my mother's side of the family every woman child every woman in that side of the family all had their first child by the age of 14 every last one of them and so when my mother recognized that, she had to break that off um, my, my, the, the women in our family, um, my sister, but my sister ended up having a baby at 19. But anyway, um, she just delayed it a couple of years. And so, you know, I, and I think if you don't recognize that, then it will keep running and keep running and keep running. And I think that we have to get to a place where we are very self-aware of who we are. You got to know what your thing is. See, I, I said this on Sunday and it's so true. I said, the devil knows what you like, but he also knows what you've been missing. And if you are not clear on what you've been missing, when anything shows up, you will fall for it. Because you, you, you've been missing somebody talking in your ear. You've been missing the sweet nothings, you know? And I was going to say, along with that, you, you can't believe your own hype. You know, a lot of times, you know, when, when I did make mistakes, I was like, I'm strong enough. I yeah. can just go say, hey. You know, I yeah. can just go, you know, I had to learn, like, it don't matter how strong you are. Yeah. You have to, it says lean not to your own understanding. Yeah. He never said you couldn't lean. He just said don't lean to your own understanding. So it's yeah. okay to be weak and lean on him. So one, once I got over the Superman complex that, you know, I can handle anything, mm -hmm. it got a lot easier. Because I was like, if I go, we're going to mess up anyway. Okay. I want to I wanna shift gears. Um, can, can you look at, <laughs> this is for everybody in here. 
can you look at your past and identify some of the worst mistakes you've made in relationships? Absolutely. And what are they? <laughs> oh, no, not going to say that. No, I'm just <laughs> one of One of my biggest uh, mistakes was comparison. Wow. Biggest mistakes. And the fact that um, the expectation that I set because I heard my mama say something, heard my dad say something, but then when I went back to the origin. So the origin for me is uh, mom and dad, young divorce when I was four. I don't, I don't know what this looks like. So I hear what your expectation should have been on one end. Hear what your ex expectation, mom, dad, what it should have been. But then when I get uh, or when I got into relationship, I began to compare. Compare what I heard from my parents. And then, oh, no, I saw this family look like this. And I saw it. It just killed me. Sorry. Anybody? I think along with expectations, you then you try to make things work. That was my biggest thing. I tried to make everything work. The truth is, you you know, you kind of know from the get-go if it's not going to work. But uh, I, grew, I grew up in Savannah. It's a very traditional town. So um, if you're single past 30, you're looked upon as something's wrong with, something's wrong with you. You're weird. You must be secretly gay, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, and especially as a preacher or, or you're, or you're a male whore. Okay. So, um, I've just tried to make everything work, um, for long periods of time. And that would really mess them up because I'd really be lying to them, like just making things work. And so once I did finally come to my senses and say, no, this is over, they would end up like just through hating me and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, trying to make things work was, was dumb. For me, um, <clears throat> always been in a relationship, or even in my single life, uh, but definitely in relationships, trying to work on the other person without working on me. My God. And I'm constantly criticizing her and criticizing her, and she's not doing this and she's not doing that, but really what I'm not seeing in her is really a deficit in, in me. And I'm not satisfied with you because I'm really not satisfied with me. And I want you to look a certain way because I don't really have a healthy idea about what I look like. Yeah. And so I need you to complete me. And so instead of really working on Raynard, I would always try to work on her. And while I was working on her, she was she she was falling apart because I, I had nothing to offer. And so I think just really not letting God really get down on in me and work on me instead of trying to reach out and fix her. Anybody ever done that before? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say it's a combination. Um, trying to um, make people be what they would never intended to be in my life. It's like being in a car and you want them to be in a passenger seat, but they was always intended to be in a back seat. You put them in a position they were not supposed to be in. So yeah. trying to have this person, I want you to be with me because this is where I feel you need to be. And then when you know this is over, this is dead, this relationship is in hospice, but you're still trying to keep it going. Yeah. Not letting go when it's time. Right. You know what I mean? I think those have been my biggest mistakes in relationships. Um, My biggest mistake was accepting what I thought was love and not really loving myself. Um, so I would say, oh, he bought me some shoes, he loved me. And he ended up talking to whoever, you know, cheating, whatever the case may be. 
So I would always, I, I didn't know what love was until I looked in, in the mirror and said, Kier, do you love yourself? So that was my big sister. Um, anybody ever been cheated on? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that knocks you out. Not okay. I know of. All right. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but those that have been cheated on, how did you bounce back? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. Uh, you know, it was a, it shook me because this was the girl I was about to marry. I knew I was going to marry her. And me and her mom and dad had the conversation. And while I was working on her, making her this beautiful first lady, she saw my own. She saw what was missing in me. And she went to find it somewhere else. Mm. And then the worst part is, and I'm not saying, I'm not justifying I'm not justifying that. But then the worst part is I blamed her for wanting a man that wanted that wanted a man. I blamed her for wanting a man that would love her beyond church. I thought loving, you know, church her would have been enough. And so but so then I bounced back. It took me some time. It took some prayer. <laughs> it took being single. It, some people and I thought, you know, they said, Oh, you're gonna be single the many years you was with her. I'm not saying I adhere to that. But I needed some space, and I needed some prayer time, and it helped. Okay. Um, I don't know that I'm over it. I just haven't been in a relationship in a while, mm. so I haven't dealt with it. I can say, well, I'm cool. If they, you know, I don't know how to deal with it. I can't tell you that. I don't know. Um, so the last relationship was the one that cheated on you? Oh, no, and the one before that, too. Well, um, I'm just, uh, <laughs> well okay, so the last relationship, uh, South Carolina, I found out after <laughs> the relationship. Because okay. the, the, the initial, the text message was like, you know, the distance is so hard for me. So we end up talking and come to find out, oh, you've been dating other people. Oh, four dates. You know what I mean? So I didn't find out until after. Yeah. And that really, because, and I also think it's that whole, but it's me. Like, you would do that to me? Like, all I've done for you? Yeah. You're Like, me? Oh, I'm your ride or die, but you're going to do this to me. Y'all know. Me? Me? I, I helped bail you out. I didn't even tell your parents you was in jail. I went and got your car after they stopped you and arrested for driving on suspended license so they wouldn't tow it, but you're going to do me. All right. Glory to the Lamb. Somebody else. Is she over it? I love it. She not. A... Raynard, lay hands. Lay hands. Oh, come out. <laughs> Jesus' name. Blood. Is that, let me just, let me ask something about that. Because I think that is, that is so, that's so profound in the sense of that do you, do you attribute the reason why you have not um, even been entertaining is because of the, the, the wound of what has happened to you? And how are you processing through that to get beyond the hurt? Not necessarily for to get in a relationship. Because I think that's what we do is that we end up trying to get better so we can get to the next. And that's dangerous. It is. It is. That's dangerous because you never really know if you're really over what happened because you just get distracted by the next. So how do, you, how do you process through, how do you process through that so that you can be a better gen? I don't know. I literally... I think my last relationship was what, 2011? 
Like I have been like. <laughs> Why y'all looked at her like that? The whole stage. <laughs> I did not. I'm sorry. We're sorry, no, Jim. We're praying you through. And I, I, I think I'm, I'm scared. It's like yeah. the reality is this person is human. They could cheat on me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? But do, And then so I think it's that self-preservation. I don't want to deal with that. You know how we get, ladies. I don't want to deal with it. So I'm going to set myself up so I never get hurt again. Yeah. But if you're in love with somebody, if you want to be with somebody, you're risking being hurt. On some level, they're going to hurt you anyway. Absolutely. So I... I just think I have not, um, I don't know. Praise God. Can I ask you something? Yes. For those, uh, them, y'all, if you've been cheated on, raise your hand. Wow. Okay. Have you honestly, can you honestly say that you have processed all the way through it? For those who say yes, lift your hand. For those who say no, lift your hand. Okay, thank you. All right, all right. I had to lift my hand with them. I ain't went over it. Sorry. Um, thank you. Next. Um, yeah, you had something else to say? No, I was. I was just thinking, like, who has processed it? I also think another reason that I'm kind of staying backish is watching the relationships. My grandparents being married, and it's like this is what marriage is. They had a den, and there was two recliners, a chair in the middle, a table in the middle with a phone on it. The phone would read, my grandmama always answered the phone. It would be my, my granddaddy's side chicks. She would answer the phone, pass the phone to him, and he would hold full conversations with her. Like, what? And in my mind, I'm like, this is what marriage is? Y'all can have this. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. My, my parents, they was married. My daddy stabbed my mama. My mama shot my daddy. Oh. This what y'all want? This, this is so marriage. now we understand why you drove <laughs> for hours. Come on and give it me this therapy session. It I is need clear. It, I can see clearly now. <laughs> now. The rain is gone. All oh, gone. Right. Know. But this is, I, I love this. Let me tell you this why I love real. this honesty. Because like me and so many other people in here, the trauma from our parents Amen. has put us in such a zone of being so um, disillusioned of about relationships and and love and marriage and i think that if we don't process through that trauma of what we saw what we experienced what happened to us we are i think like me so fearful of repeating what we saw that because we don't know how to process through it we just shut down shop closed and that is difficult that is something we need to think about that uh can i say one more thing real yes. quick? my mama left my brother and I when we were kids. And I remember eight years old praying, Lord, send my mama home. Then she came home when I was 14. And while I was in school, she stole all my money from me. And I've always had this terrible relationship with her. And, and I went to therapy about it. They told me I build loose attachments. And, and I began to see a, this pattern where I would love you. Um, this is why I just wanted a church girl because I needed to love her only so I could leave her. And that cycle had to be healed in me. But because my mama did me wrong, I had to fix her. And so until I acknowledged it, went to therapy, went to therapy about it, and then asked the Lord to heal it, I, I couldn't get over it. That's good. Cheated on, how did you process through it? So, yes, I was cheated on. Um, the guy that I was cheated on, well, who cheated on me, was with him for four years. It was young love, all that good stuff. Found out he cheated on me. 
and I wanted revenge. So I cheated on him with his best friend. Yeah, we being honest, so might as well. <laughs> so for years, um, he hated me. And I would I, I I but I still loved him. And I'm like, well, why do you hate me so much when you did the same thing, even worse? So I had to I well, how I processed through it, um, I'm glad you have this because this is like therapy for me. Um, <laughs> every guy that I dated after we broke up or whatever, I was looking for him in the guys that I dated mm. until recently. Um, I was like, God, why, why do I still love this boy? Like he did me so wrong. He cheated on me, this and this and that. Like, why do I love him so much? I asked him random day, asked him, Hey, can you meet me somewhere? I, I, we need to talk. So he's, he, I had needed him to say in my face, we would never be together, ever, because of what that one thing that you did. So I told him, I'm like, hey, you know, I needed that because I had this false hope in my head. Now, I'll be honest, after we broke up, we still had dealings with each other. You know, again, I'm still looking for him. I still have this attachment to him until that one day he had to bring me to reality because I was in La La Land like oh this gonna be my husband he, he gonna get over it but he never did so that was my process That's I could do so much with that right there because I think that um, the, the whole process of hearing from the mouth of the person who hurt you was a freeing but so attacking at the same time. And the reality is, a lot of us don't want to hear the truth. This is why we have built in a dynamic, especially in our, our, our culture, our people, that people will stop fooling with you and won't tell you. Because at the end of the day, they have figured out you really don't want to hear the truth. So I would rather lie to you than to tell you what is really going on. Are you in a position, in a place that you hear the truth? Then they can look at you and say, you know what? You have one of the nastiest attitudes I've ever met. See, I got quiet. Because nobody wants to face that reality. I say this all the time. While we're saying to ourselves, I wish I would have never met that person, there's somebody out there saying that about you. And that's what we do not want to wrap our heads around. We want to be the victim in our own stuff. I, I'm dealing with a, um, a family member right now who every time she goes through something, she becomes the victim in her own narrative. But you're the victim to your own decisions. Like nobody made you do this, this was your own decisions. And I think that we have to take a step back and start realizing that if I really want to grow, I need to be around truthful people that can look me in my face and say, you know what, you're a little too needy. And it wore me thin. Next. Um, um, I never thought I would have to answer this. Um, I'm still processing. And my hurt, I was engaged 13 years ago. And it still affects me. I've dated since that time. Y'all sure you're ready for what I'm about to say? But my son's, my son's mom 
is the girl that cheated on me and engaged. I was engaged to her. Don't y'all go looking up my social media trying to figure out who she is. And so I recognize that similar to, it's like I'm still trying to find her. And that's why I said I've dealt with two seasons because there was a young lady that, I mean, swept me off my feet. I knew she did. That was the one. Oh, that was, she was on the big screen. She was on the big screen too. But, but, but I could never get rid of the attachment of who hurt me. Could not. I am, I'm not going to tell my age, because you're the youngest. I am 26 years old. No, I'm joking. And I'm still dealing with it. I really am. Which, which is partly the problem that I have even now being single. Mm. It's the truth. Mm. I think it is so necessary for people to um, heal, right, before you try to get with somebody else. Because all you're going to do is bleed on the next person, right? So the moment they don't answer the phone, here go your mind. Where they at? What they doing? Who they with? Let me check their social media. Let me log into their voicemail. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what? Um, I'm gonna try to wrap this up because this is. Are y'all getting? Are y'all getting something from this? Are y'all enjoying this? Okay. I'm, I'm gonna try to wrap this up. Um, I know we got questions, so I'm gonna try to take some questions. Um, can y'all give me the nine o'clock? Is that okay? I know that's late for us, but is that okay? Y'all good on that? Okay. Um, um, Cause we usually out by 8.30. Um, what advice would you give your children about dating that you wish somebody would have told you? Who needs questions? They real good. <laughs> <laughs> what advice? Well, I'm a parent. I'm, I'm, you know, I have a four year old son and uh, I think he's the most handsome young man in the world. But um, I want him to understand self-awareness um, and more importantly everything that that everything that's glitter ain't gold oh, well, <laughs> I took it, well, well, well figure out something else to say <laughs> everything that's holy ain't holy right <laughs> and 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 I want him I I think the thing is you know I want to be able to teach him and, and, and give him lessons from my experience and not build a wall. One of the things that my, my parents, you know, not, not knocking them, but it just wasn't honest in that area with, with us. Yeah. And so, you know, um, when people hear that, people that know me know my older brother is Larry, but they don't know I have Ron, um, Kelvin, and I have Danica. Mama Stoney didn't have, no, she didn't. Daddy Stoney did, you know, and so, um, there was some some hard conversations we did not have, you know, growing up, and so certain behaviors became a norm. But my mom was like, "That's abnormal because that's not who I am." But the man you slept with—that's who he is. <laughs> and so yeah. it, it came upon us. And so I want to be honest with you. I would tell my son, "Your masculinity is not defined by what people think about you." Um, I would tell my daughter that um, that she is more valuable 
understand what a man says she is. I mean, and I wish I knew when I was in high school that it was okay to just be me. If I had known that, I would not have created an itch that now I can't scratch because I was chasing this ideology that the world fed me that to be a man you have to do what your daddy did. And so I, that would be my advice to my children. I think if I had children, I would tell them, know who you are. Don't try to become who you think somebody else would want you to be. Um, make your yeses yes and your noes noes. Don't let have standards. Yeah. yeah. And don't don't let nothing slide by that if it don't meet the standard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And love yourself. You can't love nobody else if you if you don't love yourself. Um, I would tell my daughter, whenever I have one, to have, like you said, self-love. Um, yeah, you know what, what a man can tell you, you're beautiful and all of that good stuff. That's extra. If you have that self-love and know who you are, like you said again, no one, like you won't be swayed so easily to do certain things. Um, I would advise her to have self-discipline, self-control, um, have those boundaries, have those standards, um, because we all go through stuff. We're going to make mistakes, but if you have that standard, and if you don't meet the, that standard, it's okay to be stuck up. And know that, you know, your accolades and your beauty and all of that stuff, it don't matter. What matters is what's, what's truly inside of you. Um, you know what? I forgot to say this. Y'all were talking about parent trauma. And I wanted to um, help the people on the inverse side. So my parents have been married for 35 years. And um, I've never seen them argue. Never. But believe it or not, that created such a fairy tale for me that it almost worked the same way as if it was trauma. Yeah. Because if I met somebody who wasn't and it didn't look like, you know, if we had the smallest argument, I was like, that don't look like my parents. Right. And so right. immediately I threw her away, which leads me to what I do plan to tell, you know, my children, um, that you want to have your boundaries, you want to have your standards, but they won't be perfect. Like, they're, you know, it's yeah. going to be something that nags you. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. You, you have to be honest with yourself what you'll be able to work through, but this is a whole human being just like you're a human being. So, you know, be able to pray to God to know what you can actually work with instead of just throwing them away at the first sign, you know, that, oh, man, they they pressed the toothpaste the wrong way, you know, right? Because uh, some of us are like that, right? you know, so you just have to learn that kind of stuff. Okay, so we're going to take some questions. Do you have a question? Uh, please stand. <laughs> Give us your name. My name is Beverly. Your question? Okay. Um, actually, I just had a comment regarding
but either but either way it is is it it it, it is somewhat of a of a death of a death so you have to treat relationships as the same way as uh you know it's, it's a process you don't just leave the relationship and six months later everything is okay you have to understand that you have to work through that because the only difference is, is that that person that died um and so but i can't put myself in an environment where somebody's gonna say we saw pastor leo yeah huh at the hour called happy i know you're gonna say it right if it get back to pastor ray you better know oh leo holiness of hell son so so but but i've wanted to put myself in certain you know business and business business settings and environments to see hey you know she might be in there because i i, I just you know the church thing to me is i, I played it out and it's outplayed for me now, nothing against you all okay? well those are my coordinates <laughs> this one doesn't really count for me because i'm not looking but when i was I'm a big reader, so like Barnes and Noble, place like that. Um, um, but no, 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 I'm definitely not smart. But I just, I just in, in places where um, I could meet people that we had some things alike. But I, because even though if we're in Barnes and Noble, I know you like books, but that doesn't mean you like my type of books. So that's why I'm still real cool with that. So in places that I would frequent, but I can still know she'd had her own personality. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere. Because I'm still looking in church. I am. Yeah. I am. It's weird for me because I don't want to minister to people and then be like, hey, what's up? You know? Yeah. You know, but I do want to find my wife in the church. I do. I, I still do want to. I wanted to speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost give utterance. Praise God. <laughs> I'm going to answer from my perspective. Okay. Um, Number one, I will never look in my church. That's number one. Okay, I want to be clear about that. That's good. Um, I will never look in my church. Let me tell you why. Um, two reasons. If I'm the shepherd, you're the sheep, that's bestiality. But number two, old preacher told me this. Don't record this. Um, old preacher told me. Old preacher told me, and I'm going to say it. Uh, less artful than how they said it. Never eat and poop in the same place. Okay? Because um, a dog will never do that, right? Um, and so, let me be clear on what catches the eye of a man. Okay? It's not necessarily a location, per se. Right? Um, thank God, if you can find it in church, that's pr praise God. That's idealistic, hopefully, if because you want to make sure that you are united with someone that is go that is headed in the same direction as you in your faith, okay, um, and your belief system. But what I am discovering at the ripe age of 39 years old is that it is a woman, the most attractive woman is a secure woman, okay. Can I talk to you and you not be 
a recorder, but a conversationalist. Because it's only so much Beyonce I'm gonna talk about. I need something deeper than that. So just like y'all say that the men have a talk game, women, you need to have a talk game as well. Can you talk about politics? Can you talk about certain things that's going on in the world? Can you talk about deeper things than just the surface stuff? Because I think if you can't carry a conversation, you, will, you, you can only attract the level that you speak on. So if you don't speak on a level of substance, then don't expect somebody with substance. That's why when Jen said that about becoming a chameleon, that is the worst thing that you can do because you want somebody to love you flaws and all, and they have to see who you really are. Can you take that wig off, put it on the dresser, and I still love you with your cornrows? I'm just being real. Because all y'all was talking about that long hair, hmm, y'all know, that come off. <laughs> your name, please? Your, your name, please? Uh, Pastor Winchell. Praise God. Okay. Your question. Okay. Um, this guy. <laughs> Love him to death. But, um, so with, uh, I'll be honest, so my, um, my standard of dating is different now. So I used to try to date women who were half church but kind of still kind of half worldly because I wanted, because of the fact that I didn't want somebody speaking in tongues all day. Like, if I wanted to be normal, I wanted somebody who could be normal with me and not judge me. The problem is, it's either you're all for God and, or you're all for the world. And what happened is I got to the place to where when I was catching hell in my life, prayer wasn't the number one option. So now in the day and time, I'm looking for a woman who is godly, not ritualistic, but someone who is really godly. But the problem that I'm coming across is that I'm meeting women who say they want a godly man, but what comes with a godly man they don't want. Like, they want the idea of a godly man, but the fact is, okay, no, you you love God for real, for real, and I'm not really for that. But it's not like women who are not saved. These are believers. These are women who are claiming that they're Christian, but when you're showing them this type of godly man, that they don't want that. They want somebody who still can kind of knuck if you buck. I mean, I'm from Miami, so you play with it if you want let's to. Go, let's go. You're dealt with straight up, you know. Okay. You know, I'm from Dade County, but um, but what can you say when it comes to this day and time of actually searching for someone who really is for real, like after God, like because I'm I know I look young, you know, uh, but I'm 34 um, and um, I really want a godly relationship. So if you can. I think honestly, and kind of talked about this earlier for most women, us as godly men will that a real godly man will be their first introduction to it. So it's going to it's going to take a while for them because what they've seen, uh, and it's not even to blame older generations or anything, but what they've seen is not, doesn't look anything like Christ. You know, they've seen the rituals from us. So um, there is a level of patience and grace that we'd have to have because we're their first introduction. And for a lot of us, and this hurts, We'll be their first introduction, and they won't end up with us, but we'll just show them what to look for for the next guy. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just because they won't be able to handle you. 
Um, so it's almost like, and this is, you know, don't take this as a literal um, contextualization, but one plants, one waters, God brings the increase. But you see what I'm saying? So sometimes we are seed for people, you know, um, that's why a lot of people get married after they meet us, you know, right. because we were seed to show them they, and they should never date under us. Yeah. You know, you should go higher. Jim, <laughs> <Hey>. like, <laughs> So y'all go ahead and go you, on with your bed. You, you, you should go higher after you meet me. I, I have that, you, well, when I was. I had that kind of understanding. If this don't work, if you go lower, then I did something wrong. You need to go higher. Hopefully I was a man enough and a man of God enough to show you what you needed and you find somebody better than me. And you, I think when we are looking for women uh, and we feel like we have to choose a holy woman or a, I don't know what a worldly woman. To me, if she's holy and not balanced, she's not holy. Because yeah. real holiness is not just form nor fashion, but it's wholeness. Yeah. And so if we're dating a, a woman or you're dating a man who's just speaking tongues and all of that stuff, grew up like I grew up and can't shake none of that off, there's, there's the cat on the line. Yeah. And so you have to address that and, and just continue to not just ask for holiness but wholeness because if you get real holiness they'll be whole too yeah yeah i think also um in your next relationship or whatever if you see that there is um you know she's she's in church but she has this other side the nucky buck side also like you should as a godly man i guess pray to god first and, and kind of figure out okay she has some God in her, but as your as the man and, and the head of the household, you, you got to pray that God up out of her. So I feel like, you know, the next one, if, you know, you're all in love with her and all of that good stuff, be patient with her and also show she's going to see the Christ in you. And if she's the woman for you, that will conform. Like all of that will come all together in one. talking about the wrong person <laughs> I mean no no seriously what I what I want to kind of dig out because you know I know what you're trying what you're saying he is dealing with a person or he's talking about a person who says I want a godly person and that's that but I don't like what comes with that now what is what comes with that you always at church you are always you there are things that pull your attention away from me right and I see this all the time because even if it's not even that you want a godly person, I see women all the time, you want a successful man. Well, a successful man ain't going to be home. Now, if you want somebody to be lay up under you, then you need somebody that can get you a nine to five and, you know, they get off the same time as you and get to the house the same time as you so you can lay up under them for the next four hours before y'all go to bed. But if you want somebody that's headed somewhere and that's successful and got plans, Sometimes they ain't going to return they phone, the phone call in five minutes because they got things to do, right? And so I think we have to be clear on what it is that we are actually looking for. If, if we're looking for somebody spiritual, then you need to define what that means. What does that mean? 
Does that mean that we can pray together? Does that mean that we go to church together? Does that mean that we worship together? What does that actually mean for you? Because if you're not clear about that, you will attach a stamp on something that's sometimes unrealistic. You, you get what I'm saying? So we have to be clear on what you're looking for. And when you know what it is exactly that you're looking for or whatever that, 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 that thing is, then, like they said, hold to that standard. Don't bend in areas that are non-negotiables. Because if you bend in areas that are non-negotiables, the only person you're going to be frustrated with is you at the end of the day. Because you dropped your standard. I teach this all the time. Standard equals happiness. That if you keep your standard up, whatever that standard may be. Now, standard, I think you have to be, you know, realistic with what standard is. Because if standard is, you know, they don't ever get mad, stay, stay single. Because that's an unrealistic standard. They're going to get mad at you. You know? Now, if the standard is, don't you call me out my name? Okay, now that's realistic. Because if you call me out my name in singleness, I don't know what you're going to do when we get married. But you have to figure out whatever that standard is for you. It's not the same for everybody. So I want us to be clear about that. Any, any more questions? Yes, ma'am. Please stand. Your name? Jaslyn. Jaslyn? Um, Your question? Yes. Um, <laughs> I hope this comes out right. So when you are courting, for the ones that are courting, this would be for both men and women. Um, well, for the women, like when you are interested in a guy and you, you know, looking into the possibility, have you ever initiated, like not necessarily taking control of the relationship, but like, hey, how you doing? Like you, can we go to dinner? Something of the sort. And toward the men, if a woman does do the initial talk, like you've been scoping each other, doing a little dance, kind of, you know, I see you, you see me, but she says something first. How do you feel about that? Because I know... <laughs> Some guys, <laughs> some guys do not, and um, it seems to be a lot of people that a lot of guys that don't. But in this time and age, where it's like, it just seems like we're doing that dance. I see you, you cute, you see me, I'm cute, but we just like waiting for somebody else to make the first move. I'm impatient. I'm, I'm probably gonna say something first. How does that come across? And to the women, have you done that? How did it go? I've never done it. I've never been. Believe it or not, I'm real introverted. Like, I don't, I would never do it. Well, then I wouldn't do it. I don't think I was secure enough for me. Mm. Like, he don't look at me. I'm a beat boy. He don't, I don't know why. Now I'd be like, what's up? You know what I mean? But I, <laughs> I haven't. I, I've never done it. Um, shoot my shot. I don't really think, when I try to shoot my shot, I don't, I think he, he, he ain't take me seriously. Yeah, he ain't take me seriously. Because I, 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 Slid in DM. <laughs> and I was like, here go my number since you're not going to ask. Like, we keep liking each other pictures and stuff like that. But I don't. <laughs> yes, I love it. Because that's what we do. If you like more than five, you the one girl. You the one girl. Throw your hand up and in don't the like air because you the one You done liked a picture three months ago. What you doing that far back? Come on. Come on. You went back that far? <laughs> I so, got my eye on you. So I don't really think he took me seriously. So I mean, we he got my number, so I'm just waiting on him to, you know. Do y'all like I'm, that? I'm, I'm gonna tell you what you do. You like the first one, the last one, and then one random in between. It let it lets him know 
I've seen you recently. I took my time to learn about your past. And I'm seeing your transition in the middle. And so I'm just playing. Y'all don't do that. Y'all don't do that. I'm not supposed to be teaching the game. I'm not supposed to be teaching the game. Y'all don't do that. The transition in the middle. I'm I'm watching how God grows you. But um, so uh, y'all see why I don't do Okay. But um, no, for real, uh, I think, I think, it's really your interpretation of what initiation is because women initiate. Even the scripture when it says, he that findeth the wife, they make themselves findable. So women find ways to still initiate things even if we say things first. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of times you have to find your own way. But for me, I, um, back when I was, I thought it was cool. I thought like, wow, you really know what you want. And, and a lot of times guys, you know, they need, we need that kind of, oh me, for real? You know, so, um, I, I could take it either way. I, I usually make the first contact. But then when I thought I was making the first contact, I wasn't. I found out she didn't already asked my cousin, my best friend. <laughs> I had one girl who talked to one of my exes. <laughs> and I thought I was making the first contact. She had already had, you know, so women, women know how to become findable. So it's really depending on what you do. <laughs> Like, I just, I, 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 so I'm a little bit of an introvert. I don't know. When it comes to women, I'm an introvert because I'm always like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So I don't mind a woman initiating, but to me, it's not what you do, but it's more how you do it. Yeah. I think for me, I think every man wants to feel like a man. So don't walk up to me, hey, show them what your name is. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, so that's the secular kind of common sense kind of version but then also I think a little bit more spiritually you if you want if your best initiation going back to that scripture when a man finds the wife he finds the good thing your best initiation is not I'm not trying to play house or anything but he doesn't find a runner up he doesn't find a one night stand but he finds a wife a woman who is and is and she's confident in who she is that to me is the best initiation I'm going to be attracted to that more than anything I agree with everybody. Um, I, I think it's back to the what's your interpretation of initiation. Um, uh, recently, I'm not kidding, uh, a young lady reached out to me, and um, uh, and she used two things don't do for me. Two, two things, please. Uh, don't use my son as bait. Um, that's that's very disrespectful. Um, because what it does is, for me, I'm just genuine about him. So when you go into the he's adorable. I say thank you, and then you send me a whole paragraph. I'm like, where did that come from? You know, and so, and then the other thing is, uh, don't think just because I'm a pastor, that's the only thing I want to talk about. Hello. So, so, so if you're going to initiate, you know, just, just be you, you know, be, be calm, you know, be comfortable in that, but I prefer it to do it on my end, but here's the other part that most men probably won't tell you. They don't like rejection. Yes. Right. Right. I would say um, I, I'm in the zone of don't chase me because it makes me feel like you emasculated me. I'm a hunter. I need to come hunt you. Okay? And if you make... You got a gun in your hand? <laughs> if you make the... Um, if you make... If you make the prey too easy, for me, it makes me think, who else hunted you? 
and, and got you. And so it, 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 for me, it is, it is, but it, again, I agree with what you said, that women have a way of setting the stage, uh, of webbing your, we, uh, you know, your, your web, spinning your web for us to fall right into it, and we don't even realize we done fell into it, you know? And so um, I think for me, and I don't know if this is like y'all, less is more. Yeah, don't, don't send a whole paragraph of your life story in like the third interaction. Because I don't, I don't want to know you that deep, that yet, that, that deep, that soon. You know, give it time, make it organic, you know, let it simmer, put it on ice for a minute, you know? Because um, again, for me, if, if you come off too aggressive, it makes me think, oh God, you've been aggressive with a whole lot of other people as well. And so that's that's the thing. Okay, I have to cut it off here. Yes, and not right after we preach. For for me, because by the time you get home, it's already like, hey, you was great. I was in the third row, and it's like, whoa, whoa, like, (laughs) did you receive anything? Right. You know, so like, at least give it, give it a second. And I'm just saying for me, just for all of us, we'll take all. Yeah, like, give it a second. You know, because that's that's a little strong. It's a turnoff for me when you use God in the middle of it. To be honest, I'm just being real. When you use God in the middle of it, it's a turnoff for me, believe it or not. I need to discover the God in you. I don't, I don't need for you to use my God as an as a avenue to get to me. Let me discover the God in you. Let me see the woman of God that's really in, on the inside of you. Because you, because in that moment, again, like I said at the beginning, it makes me think you are attracted to my anointing, not to me. I'm sorry. I know all y'all preachers up here and, and all that good stuff. I had an encounter. The guy, the, he was a preacher, a young Say adult pastor. No, no, <laughs> I, I have to ask. But, it, 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 I, of course, like me, I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. But when we when we went out on our date, our first and last date, <laughs> you, you tried so hard to separate the preacher and who you really were, and it was a turnoff for me. So how do you, because it's like, I don't want to hear you talk about sex the first date. Like, why are you talking about? Well, that's what's on his mind. Yeah, but no, I don't want to talk about that. But you talk about food, talk about my day, talk about something else. Right. And then, you know, a curse word slip here and there. I don't want to do oh, that. Oh, you're trying to show you how real he is. Trying yeah. to be cool. Oh, yeah, I got oh. that cool. Don't try to be cool with yeah. me because I see past that. That's fake. So how do y'all separate that? I think that's, that's a maturity thing. Yes. Yeah. I, think it, I think it boils down to a maturity thing because when, when you're talking about somebody who can be that opposite of who they are from in, from church, it, you, you're dealing with somebody who is not very secure in their own identity, and so they think they have to play roles in order for it to be, to be that's what their rep- representative is, right? So he's thinking, you know, he has to do that in order to win you because you're not the churchy, churchy girl. So because you're not the churchy, churchy girl, well, let me come down to whatever I think you are in order to, to attract right so I think that's a maturity thing he's not very secure in himself and realizing who he is you know I, for, the, for the I mean when you deal with uh, most most pastors it's not about pastors but most pastors are very introverted so when they have an opportunity to open up it can be a little shocking because that is an area that you've just never seen before you see on Sunday morning you see when they do their thing but you don't see the other side of them that maybe they a little lame 
Maybe they're a little quirky. Maybe they're a little, you know. Well, I'm cool. Well, it's not for me. <laughs> I've settled in my lameness. I am lame. I'm good. I'm good with that. I still play computer games. That, that's me. I'm good with that. Now, if you're not attracted to that, that's fine. I'm good. Somebody is. Because when you're getting on my nerves, I'm going to go on that computer and play that game. <laughs> okay. Um, listen. Gary was supposed to sing on tonight. We are way over our time. We are not going to have an opportunity to do it. When are you supposed to sing? No? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. We don't have time to do it. Why was that in my head? What's that? No? I don't know. I'm about to say, Jean, you a prophetess. She said it in the back. No? No. Oh, for the product. No, she said we had some product. Oh, okay. You'll see. we're over time. Right. We're over time. I'm not going to ask you to sing. You need to sing, sing so we know what product we get. <laughs> no, the good <laughs> thing is we didn't bring any CDs. <laughs> we brought clothing apparel, but it, it's it's after nine. so. <laughs> and I'm okay. headed to Top Golf. Is, <laughs> it, just, it, don't you have a CD? Um, we do have a CD. Uh, it's called No Crowns Allowed. Uh, it's on it's on all social media. Out, well, all um, outlets. Um, and we just did a live recording three weeks ago. So that'll be out in. I heard Gary, this was 